Yo, what's up, guys? It's the Everyday Experts Podcast. It's me and Ben, and today on the show, we have Alex Martin. Alex Martin uh, has been in the cryptocurrency NFT space for quite a bit, and he knows a lot, so we're going to pick his brain and see what information he has to offer us today. Perfect. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, guys. Uh, I don't know if I'm much of an expert quite yet, but uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, awesome. comparatively so, right? That's why you're here. <laughs> exactly. Right. Excited to kickstart our, uh, our deep dive into this topic and have a few episodes coming out, hopefully. Yeah. So it'd be awesome just to learn right off the bat, you know, how did you learn about this space and decide to get into it? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, And also give like a description of what the space is for for our viewers that may not know. Right. Right. So how did I get crypto pilled? Um, So let's let's walk it back like, I guess like a year or so ago, um, maybe a little bit after, but like Christmas break last year, um, I got the opportunity to look into Bitcoin. And what I mean by I got the opportunity of that is I was doing some like cases, right? Some like case studies, um, not the typical consulting ones that you guys both did, um, but more of like financial valuations and stuff like that. And was working with a mentor of mine to learn how to value a business and a small business and how that works and all of that sort of stuff. Right. And I got the opportunity. I was looking through papers of a company that did Bitcoin mining. And I didn't understand at the time anything about Bitcoin or what mining was or anything like that, right? Um, I just, you know, like I said, was just learning how to value a business. Right. And one of the funny things is I remember going through that valuation and I, would, I thought I was doing it wrong because I was like, wow, this company is worth a lot of money. Hmm. And it was funny just because the reason they were worth so much money was because of this thing called Bitcoin, right? They were mining Bitcoin and it turned out a year ago that was like extremely lucrative, right? Right. And so... That's what initially, I guess, put that little alarm bell in my head. I'm like, what is this thing? Like, how are they actually making so much money through this thing, right? So I started to dive. I mean, you know, my first little dive into the rabbit hole there was like, what is Bitcoin? How does it work? Who is this guy named Satoshi that, you know, created this thing? the first Bitcoin transfer, right? Right. Yeah, like, who who is this? Like, who's Mm -hmm. this guy that created this thing? Like, how does this work? Like, why is it important? Like, is it, like, just a scam or is it legit, right? So I feel like, you know... The first few months of 2021 when we were in school mm-hmm. i started diving down that rabbit hole and trying to really figure out what was what if this was real or not um but it was just more inside of curiosity right uh bitcoin's cool because it's just it's like a you know just an algorithm it's it's very simple it's easy to understand for anyone that just looks at the formula right right um so that's what fascinated me it was just this whole currency created off an algorithm right mm. and it's super um like there's a lot of security behind it too. Yeah, right, it's, right? it's it's super secure. Um, you know, it was made by an anonymous founder, and you know, you can you can play any sort of human psyche into that that you want. Well, you know, whether he wanted to be anonymous or not, or whether he just thought it was best for humanity. That's just like, hey, here's just an algorithm that's going to fix currency, right? right? Yeah, it's going to push together digital store value, basically. Yeah. And yeah. so now off of cryptocurrency, there's a thing called NFTs and non-fungible tokens. And I know you dipped into that in the beginning as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's a good transition. So I basically went from that Bitcoin rabbit hole to like, okay, this is cool. But Bitcoin as a blockchain, you can't really do much with, right? The best way to think about it is just like digital gold. Bitcoin is. Yeah, a store of value. It's a store of value, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of like a hedge against inflation, right? Yeah. I mean, Which it's is a, super important right now with all this. It's a great hedge against inflation. Um, there's a lot of like people out there that think and want it to be used as a currency, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a better store value than gold is, right? Yeah. And it's digitally secure, it's backed up. Yeah. Um, and you said it, it's a blockchain. So can we dive yeah. into what that means in terms of what are the other options? Perfect, well? yeah, yeah. So Bitcoin's a blockchain. So 
past that, you know, you're mentioning NFTs, Pat. I was like, okay, Bitcoin's cool. The blockchain's cool, but you can't really do much off this. So where can you do much off of? And the natural next step is in Ethereum. So Ethereum is the number two by market cap blockchain right now. Uh, their coin is ETH, so E-T-H. Um, and it's really ETH. Think of Ethereum like the internet. So Ethereum is basically a decentralized protocol that people can build decentralized applications on top right. of. And really at its core, what that means, like I said, is just like think of Bitcoin like gold and think of Ethereum like the internet. And think of all the possibilities that came if the internet restarted right now. Right. Right. All the things that, that had to be built and had to be worked out, right? Especially in the dot-com boom. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff, it's just, you know, they were building off an empty infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what Ethereum is. It's the infrastructure behind everything. And to pay and to build, use this thing called ETH, which is their token, right? Right. And that's how you build applications. And that's where NFTs started to really come in. Yeah. Yeah. So with Ethereum, you can like build apps off of that platform, right? That right. can interface with each other, right. correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the awesome thing about it. Yeah. It's all interoperability and uh, intercomposability. That's like their two like main, you know, motifs. If they were to stand on two pegs of a stool, um, everything, it's super cool. Every, everything interacts with each other that's built on this network, right? Right. And there's now we're to the point where like there are other chains like Ben was just asking about that there there comes a need where there's applications that are being built cross chain. And so I could use this one application and gain garner the same benefits that like, you know, one chain's interoperability would would allow me. But it's now cross chain, if that makes sense. So like the joy and fun I would have with like using multiple apps on Ethereum because they all work with each other. Right. Before, with other chains, you know, I'd have to stick to Ethereum to use all those apps and stick to a different chain to use all those apps. But now because of this and because of the, you know, the potentials and the capabilities and and the benefits of this interoperability within their own chains, there's all these applications being built to really bridge the gap. Now Hmm. you can do things multi-chain. So let's talk about these apps. Yeah. What do you mean by application? Yeah. So... Let's think of uh, like an easy one. So let's think of like Shopify. So what is what would Shopify look like in something like this, right? Um, if you guys have heard of OpenSea, like OpenSea is an NFT platform, but really more than that, it's just a storefront. It's a way to to create a store to sell something Your digital on chain, a digital marketplace, right? So um, an NFT at its core, it's just a spreadsheet line with metadata. So it's just, it's, it's a line that says Patrick Morasco owns this piece of data at this time. That's all it says. And that's the application of, of these blockchains. And so, yeah. So like, yeah, that's, that's like at its simplest core, like one building block is just like, you know, that, that little line of data. Right. But you can take that to the point of like, like I said, like Shopify. So like OpenSea, they say like, okay, we can see all these like little lines of data that Patrick Morasco owns this, Ben Pearson owns this, but how can we take this to the next step? Well, let's create a way to let people put those into a storefront, put those into a collection, right? right? And, and sell those and buy those with the, and interact with each other, right? And so all of these applications, you know, we can think of them like real world things, like real world softwares, real world SaaSes, anything that's in the real world, right? Can be rebuilt. And what I mean by rebuilt is because it's important from an infrastructure perspective, how it's built on these new chains, but they're not, they don't need to be anything alien or foreign or anything like that. It's like, you know, Shopify is basically like OpenSea, right? And Substack, if you guys know what that is, where you just like pay for a newsletter or Patreon, right? Mm-hmm. There's a competitor called Mirror that's on chain again. So it's just like the common things that we would use in our everyday life are being rebuilt on chain and are giving people a more inclusive way to get involved. And, right. and really the goal of all of this is because Web3 rewards the users. What I mean by that is 
Web one rewarded the C-suite. Web two is the Silicon Valley phase, right? Rewarded mm-hmm. the early employees, right? You got in early, mm-hmm. you got rewarded. Web three rewards the users. Gotcha. You get in early to an application, you're, you're one of the first users of Shopify. Imagine if you guys were one of the first users of Shopify. Think of how rewarded you'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so if I can reframe that, just to make sure you know, I'm getting it. If we're, if we're using that analogy. Initially, like let's talk about software. It yep. was someone, the C-suite, this corporation's coming in, they're installing it in a hardware for a company, right? Yep. Then we're transitioning more to a SaaS model right. that's going straight to the business. So we're cutting out that you know interim hardware for the, for the end user to get the service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now this is almost the next pass to SaaS, right? So this right. is like going by B two B to C. It's 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 straight to C, straight, straight to, to C. Consumer. The Got users yeah. own, decide, and, and contribute to what comes next. Wow, right? that's awesome. So users yeah. set the rules. Okay. So okay, so you're in the NFT space, and what I've what I've I know you were in it somewhat early, and you know in the beginning it's it's tough, but and you were doing, you know, some of the themes within NFTs were people were making like baseball cards or mm-hmm, football cards mm-hmm. with like celebrities. Mm-hmm. And that's how it began to start. But now, and I know you uh, did a dive into that. And then now I see that some, these NFTs are honestly being used as like tickets. Mm-hmm. Like you can buy an NFT and it gives you access to this super right. private party, you know, and now that you can you can display that you've gone to this party or, or done this event went to you know donated to this charity etc and you can it you can show that you did this right right yeah i mean that that shift is super important i, mean, I think at first it was it was a lot of cash grabbing it was a lot of like you know like hey like nfts are the craze so let's like just put something together and yeah. see if people buy it right there was no promise for what's next right yeah. which is very it's funny it's like very like a web two way to think right it's like the people that are making it are making money. The users don't contribute, don't decide what comes next, aren't the ones making the money, right? But what you just mentioned is the wave to utility. So mm-hmm. these NFTs now, the ones that are sticking around and the ones that are making waves are the ones that provide real value to the users, right? Like have real utility, whether that be like, hey, you need this NFT to get into this party or like, hey, you need this NFT to, um, you know, there's one going around right now called the Constitution DAO where people are trying to buy a piece of the constitution wow. and to be a part of that club and be a part of that community, you buy one of their tokens to get in. Right. Wow. And so now they're really like, they're pushing the boundaries of where we can build as communities and as friends, friendships, right. And as, as clubs, right. As organizations, what can we do? To, what can we do to provide value basically? Right. right. So, so the NFT thing was your first deep dive into it. Um, after the uh, Bitcoin valuation right, and all that. Right. But now you recently did this accelerator program. Right. Uh, yeah, so yeah. 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 No, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah. So the NFT thing was funny. I mean, you guys were there along the way. It was, yeah. it was a funny time. It was a lot of drinking, uh, you know, drinking fast out of fire hose as well. But uh, it was funny. I mean, I was like, I, my understanding of NFTs then and now is completely different, right? right. And how they're used and, and what they're meant for. Well, let, let's get that. Let's Let's try to get a... Elevator pitch, or a short. <laughs> if you had to put that, the you know the year that it's been, and yeah. your understanding of NFT is changing, and if you had to put that in two or three sentences, what yeah, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I guess like I'll kind of reiterate something I said earlier. It's just like NFTs when they first came out were the creators get rich, okay, and now it's the users get rich. And I'm not saying the users get rich because they buy something at ten dollars and it goes up to a hundred dollars. Like the, sure, is it the utility? Though? It's the utility. It's the Got true it. value. So like. Let's take this, you know, a step further. Like, I like to passively, like, trade. 
And one way to get involved with other people that like to trade is I can be part of a club, right? And so Mm -hmm. to get into that club, maybe I need to have a membership and that membership is through an NFT, right? Got it. Um, You know, for example, they could be in, you could take that club aspect to anything. Like there's a party club, right? Where to get into like a new type of Soho house, you need this new type of NFT to get in, right? Right. Got it. Um, It's really just, it's, it's utility and that utility is through value of like access, exposure, right? Like, can you imagine being in a group chat with like Mark Cuban or Gary Vee? Yeah. Right. NFTs give you the ability to do that. Yeah. Right. That's great. Sorry. Try to cut out. Let's get back to the accelerator. <laughs> yeah. There. No, you're good. So yeah, like I was saying, so I went from, you know, the, the Bitcoin as a blockchain rabbit hole and then into, okay, this is cool, but what can we do next is NFTs. NFTs are a cool value. They're built on Ethereum. Let's learn about that a little bit. That was great. Did kind of like a venture studio thing for a couple months there. Um, and then started getting, you know, pretty, actually it was more than a few months, but, uh, from there went into this accelerator program. So this accelerator program, uh, it's called Launch House. They did their first Web3 cohort ever um, back in October. And essentially for anyone, for you guys, I don't know if you guys know what Y Combinator is, but any sort of incubator accelerator, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So they basically were just like, hey, we're gonna put smart people in a room and we're gonna see what happens, right? And what was cool is it was very Web3-esque that like most accelerators and incubators take a percentage of your business, right? But these guys didn't because, again, it's like in Web3, everything's open source. Everything's like for the community. Like, how can we help each other win? So, so everyone in this program is like an entrepreneur in the space. Yeah. And it's like grooming together. Okay, let's see what they can create together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was cool. Like, everyone came from all over the world. Um, like, met, you know, one of my good friends there is from Brazil. Met someone in, from Japan, um, you know, from Lisbon, which was very cool. I ended up going to Lisbon afterwards. And... He was the one to show us all around and everything like that. So it was bringing people from all over, from all different stages of life, from, you know, uh, never have worked corporate, uh, you know, worked corporate for a long time and quit. Uh, you know, there were a few, got few people there that were even working corporate at the same time that they were there, right? Oh, wow. Um, so it was cool. It was, it was a very diverse background, which I think, like, speaks to, like, again, like, Web3. is like we're rewriting everything right now. So it's the opportunity to get in on the ground floor and you're seeing people from very diverse backgrounds really want that reset. Right. So what, what were the, some of the big, you know, you say you work with all these guys that knew so much information and they're all willing to share because it's open source anyway. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you might as well share. You can see their code and all that. What, what were some of the biggest takeaways? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that's a great question. I, I even like on my way home from L.A., I like wrote a post post mortem on the plane like it took the two-hour flight and i just wrote all about the takeaways just because i mean i just i was there for a month and learned more than i'd ever learned in my entire life and i just wanted to make sure i got it down on paper right Right. and i'd say like to sum it up probably like one of my biggest takeaways was like never ask enough like if you're not asking stupid questions you're not moving forward right? right and I don't know. I felt like that was that was like so so pure and wholesome. Like after the first couple of days, where people like got down their guards and stuff like that, you could sit across the table and ask like a question that like someone would look at you and be like, "Dude, you should know this. Like this is what you do, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no judgment. You could just be like, "Hey, like, how do I do this, right? Yeah. Like, what does this even mean, actually, right?" And someone would answer, and they wouldn't care. So like, never ask enough stupid questions. I, I feel like another good takeaway was like, you don't like confidence over credibility. I guess was like, if, if I were to put it in like a, a, like a three word thing, confidence over credibility is like no one in this space. And this, this is what the space has shown me. No one in this space is like truly like credible an or an yeah. expert. Right. Yeah. But no the people in that title. Exactly. But the people that are doing big things are confident and they're confident, not like they're confident, not cocky. They're confident that they're 
you know, they know they're early. They know they're at the beginning. They know they don't know everything, but they're doing what they can to push, push life forward. Right. So I have a question on that in the, in the space. Would you say that, you know, you're sitting across the table, you, you need to ask a question. How many, oppor- excuse me, how many times were there when people are just along different stages of the knowledge journey? And like, you might be further along than somebody in one area of the space, right. but there's somebody that could be, have been in, the, in it for a year or two or more than you. Yeah. But for some reason, like they're not as knowledgeable in a specific area yeah. of crypto as you. Yeah. So is it a, a linear, would you say knowledge journey? Like you're starting at a place and everyone builds along the same path. Or is there examples of like when you would be in on something and then somebody else might just be not even, you know, no, I think it's, I think it's definitely more of the latter. I mean, that was probably like what I was about to say, probably my third biggest takeaway is like, I was going there, like you guys know, my, my background is more in the NFT type of world. Right. And I was sitting across from people that had been, you know, doing DeFi for the last year of their life that didn't know anything about NFTs. DeFi being? Uh, decentralized finance. Yeah. Thank you. Um, or like, you know, people that were engineers that were builders there that didn't didn't understand some of like the the core concepts because they were more on like the building side rather than on the business side of things so like people were in such different realms of everything there which was fascinating because i'd be sitting next to someone that's you know damn near expert in DAOs, which is a decentralized autonomous organization think of it like a club someone would be an expert in building clubs and building DAOs, yet they wouldn't understand anything about nft trading or you know what the clubs are for yeah what the clubs are for like you know what what's going on at its core right like it it was just it was fascinating it's definitely more the latter like people have different knowledge trains in in each specific area and that's what was cool is like you know the 30 of us there if i had a question in anything at any certain point like hey yo like how do i make a token right there'd be three people there that had done it before right Mm -hmm. but might not know what i knew right yep or like hey how do i sell this nft right might be two other people there that know how to sell the NFT, right? Right. So it was cool. It was like, uh, it was like you know, taking like kind of like the best little features of everyone and yep. like making it okay to like try and make up for all the stuff you don't know, right? Yeah. No, that that's the most collaborative setting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could imagine. I mean, in dinner yeah. table conversations, there'd be thirty of us that sit across a big table, and it was every night at like six thirty. And it was uh, like an Uber Eats situation. Y'all cooking up? Like, no, what no, we, we wouldn't cook. Yeah, we we'd have like stuff catered in every night. Okay. Um, but we'd all sit across from each other, and the dinner conversations were just fascinating. We're just yeah. absolutely wild. I mean, you had wow. you had people there trying to you know like rewrite like government structures, take down like activist investing, t- you know, really uh, trying to like. The biggest, most ambitious dreamers were sitting at that table, right. just like you know, sh- chopping it up about what was going on that day. Right? Um, wow, to be a fly on the wall there—that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And on that, like after that experience, seeing how many different players, what do you think is the combination of players to be successful in the space? And then what are the opportunities in this space? Like you, you obviously walked away from it and, and you've done substance. I'd love to jump into to what, how you acted on that Yeah, and, and how other people could be interested in getting involved as well. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it really, it, it really depends on like what people are passionate about. So like, you know, and like this, this question is asked a lot. It's like, how do I get involved? Right. Um, and I really think it starts with passion. And I think the doorway to getting involved is through these things called DAOs, D-A-O, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. They are basically clubs of people that are involved in crypto. And that's essentially it at its core. It's just a club, right? Mm -hmm. And why I say that is like the best starting point is because like 
not only like the logistical process of entering a DAO will teach you so much about like what is crypto and how to do it. But like once you're inside, it's like you just made, you know, hundreds of new friends that are open to explain and help you with understanding the space and like what you want to do. And what I mean by finding your passion too is this is a model of entrance into Web3 that you can take anywhere is entering a DAO, right? And finding your passion. So like, for example, one of my friends is doing a music DAO that uh, they basically have a anonymous artist and what I mean, like a headless artist. So like think of like, uh, like a virtual artist that like, like kind of like marshmallow sort of yeah yeah like marshmallow stuff. online like yeah. no one knows who it actually is right okay. Banksy um, like Banksy right like yeah. that but the community so the DAO gets to pick what his songs are next like what what uh, like the tone of his songs are like who he hears next like where he plays next etc yeah. right and so like if you're passionate about music and you want to flirt around and learn crypto. I would say go join his club, go join his DAO, right? So how do you, how would you join a club? How yeah. do you do that? Yeah, yeah. So let's yeah, let's go even deeper. How do you join a DAO? So there's lots of like, you know, different ways to do it. But I'd say the easiest way is like, you know, you go on Twitter, like you would find like, hey, like I'm interested in music, right? Or I'm interested in, you know, this this one guy or this thing, right? I'd search it on Twitter. Twitter is like the wiki, Google everything of crypto is on Twitter. Hmm. And okay. so it's like the number one learning resource. And like, I think uh, it'd be Reddit. I guess the internet gets that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody no, I mean, not in the space is like, that's gotta be on Reddit. Right. Is, yeah. Isn't discord pretty big too? Yeah. Dis- so discord is like where the like engagement interaction happens, yeah, but Twitter but is like, Twitter's probably like, like the top of funnel, like learning knowledge based type of deal. Like people always laugh that like, like my, my screen time has increased. Like, I don't know, like 200% since I started working in crypto just because I'm on Twitter all day just trying to like stay up with the trends, interact with people, talk with people, et cetera. But anyways, like finding them on Twitter. So like you would find like, so this music that was called Chill Pill. You would find Chill Pill's Twitter and they would have a link saying, hey, join the Discord here. So Discord is where engagement happens in Web3, in, in crypto. So you would get in there. Basically, it's a big giant group chat. You would get in their group chat and they would basically just walk you through how to like officialize you being a member, right? Right. And that might be like, hey, go buy this NFT. Here's exactly how to do it. Or it might even be just like, hey, here, like, you know, just put your email address down and we'll airdrop you, meaning like we'll just send you for free some of our token, right? right. So it could be a various, you know, arrangement of different things. But like, you know, the funnel remains. You just, you know, you find it, you join the group chat, you find whatever you want to do, you join the group chat, and then you let the community help you figure it all out. It's, right. it's all community based. You think an app like Discord or Twitter will ever be built on like Ethereum or something like that? That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, so like decentralized social is like a very popular yet controversial topic, okay. um, and it's because think of it like the whole moat motif of like Web three is to be decentralized. So if you're gonna rebuild quote unquote Twitter on a Web three pla- like on a, on a blockchain, mm-hmm. who's gonna own it? right who's gonna regulate it who's gonna regulate it like it's like you get into like some muddy waters with stuff like that and it's like people get really heated on both sides of it um i feel like like personally i the answer to the question is no i don't like i feel like people will build stuff like twitter on the blockchain but i don't think they will ever work or take off um i think it'll be more of a combination of like different apps actually Hmm. that will all work together to be like a social environment if that makes sense like for example you could see like like there's apps being built right now where like you can see what nfts i own and like what i've sold and whatever right like there's apps that are like 
group chat apps where like I just log in with my wallet address, right? And like we all talk and chat there, right? Like I don't think that there will be a popular Twitter built on the blockchain to answer your question. Gotcha. Going back, we were talking about DAOs. Getting into the space and then let's talk about what you're doing now. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so basically right now, me and a couple of guys started a consultancy that we do essentially web three consulting and, and it falls under a big umbrella of like growth. So we would call ourselves like growth and strategy consultants. But the difference with web three is like, because we're so everything's such on the ground floor, like everything is growth, right? Like strategy is growth, operations growth, like marketing's growth. Every, every single thing is growth. Like we need to take something that hasn't even ever been built before and not only build it, but actually get it out to the masses, right? And get the community involved and get people to use it, et cetera, right? So every single thing is growth. And we basically help out applications and protocols with that. So a lot of our clients are um, in the decentralized finance space and they're building out, think of them like apps, that they need users to use. They need people to you know, test and audit and people to get involved in the community, et cetera. And so we basically just help them set that strategy and do those individual things for them. Gotcha. And so you've been doing a lot of traveling. You've been to Portugal, New York City. Yeah. No, it's been fun. It's been fun. So I was laughing. I was telling Ben earlier that like it's so backwards that everything in Web3 is online, right? Like Mm -hmm. all of my clients are online. Like, you know, some of them are even anonymous online. Like it's all online. But to actually make business happen, it happens in real life, right? Like the playbook still works that like if you're shaking hands and kissing babies, like you're going to get deals, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so just like getting out to these events and getting in front of people is like still the way to bring people in top of funnel and still the way to like, I'd say like keep credibility like with your current clients, right? And keep them happy and stuff like that. So I've been lucky to be able to travel a bunch to go either meet clients or sell some more work, right? And, you know, that's included, you know, Lisbon, um, you know, uh, New York, yeah. Chicago, Indy, um, going to Palm Springs in a couple of weeks, going to Miami in a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. um, so just kind of like getting out in front of these people and helping them out. And then also like it is kind of cool because everything's being built on the ground floor. A lot of stuff they keep like a lot of stuff clients keep private. And so private enough where they don't even want that to be online. And so we'll go out and we'll do like offsites, right, where everyone will put their computers down and we'll talk about the stuff in real life so that it doesn't get traced to any sort of messaging or emails or online, whatever, right? Wow. Yeah, that, two things on that. That's one really interesting, right, that the conversation we were having about it is inherently a Web3 industry that is happening in person, handshakes, eye to eye, yeah. because, <laughs> of, because of where, where you are in the space right now, right? right? So let's talk about growth. You said everything is growth. Yeah. Well, let's think 20 years from now. Right. Like where, where are you? Where, where yeah, is the I industry? Mean, Cause if it's no longer growth, right. like, what is it? No, I mean, that's, that's, that's the right mindset. And that's the mindset that we have every single day on our internal calls. It's always like, Hey, we need to make sure we position ourselves so that when this, you know, influx of alpha, like all this influx of opportunities has diminishing returns, right? Mm-hmm. We're just benefiting because we're so early. Right. And so when this, you know, has diminishing returns when it gets to a certain level where it's like, okay, shoot, now like there are playbooks written. Companies don't need to hire uh, like, you know, growth consultants. Companies don't need XYZ services anymore, or maybe not as not as much, not as often. Where are we gonna be? So I think for for us and, and for me, I think that's gonna be somewhere in like a product. 
um, and a product being like, you know, in this space, like a decentralized app. So mm. some sort of DeFi application or some sort of, some sort of, you know, application built on, on a chain. I mean, this is like on utility, right? Like going yeah, back to yeah, almost yeah, like some, about, some yeah. sort of utility. Right. And like, again, how this works, like how we transition. So like, great, we've got where we're at now, where we want to be is we want to have a product that's built on a chain. How do we get there? Well, being on the ground floor within all these chains, within all these applications, we're learning and seeing how they're built and we're learning and noting how they should be built better. Right. And so because everything's open source in this space, eventually there's going to come a time where we're going to know enough, be confident enough, know the right people to just fork a certain application and go build it better. Right. And that's, that's, what's crazy too about like this space is that everything is open source. So it's no longer about who has the best technology. Right. Like think how much further, um, you know, like Bing would be <laughs> if they had Google's algorithms, right? Mm -hmm. I think how much further, like there'd be tons yeah, of TikTok competitors right now, right? Uh, yeah. They had TikTok's algorithms, right? But Absolutely. in Web3, everything's open source. So everything's available. Like I could see, you know, the TikTok of Web3's algorithms and how it all works. But wow. that's not what's important anymore. Yeah. So what, what, right? so what's what the is value important? at? Yeah. Like, what, what's, what the is the, what's the, you know, proprietary thing? Yeah. It's the community. Right. And so that's why everything in Web3 is community first. It's how can I reward and incentivize the users to stay and keep using my product and not even like use my product, but like build my product and, and, and you know, contribute and, and be a ambassador and a beacon for us. Right. And get rewarded for doing that the whole time. And we're, and we're seeing that play out live right now where, you know, I've seen people quit their jobs because they're getting rewarded so heavily as a user of certain applications where they're like, it doesn't even make sense for me to keep working, right? I'm, I'm making what I'm making on a day job just by using this person's product. It's it's wild. It's it's absolutely wild. That's bonks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, the bridge is the bridge is there, and the bridge yeah. is just like being That's on the exciting. ground floor, learning and finding the opportunity to fork an application. Now, major themes here: Web three, Open C. Yep. The community has the value add. Yep. Which is such a, a really cool thing to be in right now. Yeah. And then growth is now. Time is now, old man. Yeah. Uh, but the future <laughs> is the platform. Right. Cool. All right. And um, Pat and I were kind of talking before this. And we it was about what does this mean for the everyday person? Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good question. I think at like from a very high macro level, like in like at the very like simple, like, you know, kind of like innocent ways, like a lot of stuff is about to change. Right. And that being like think of any middleman type of economy with the technology being unlocked with blockchain, a lot of that's going to go away. And, and the stuff and, and like, we're seeing it play out live now where like banks are actively fighting this. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. all these, all the big stuff is, is fighting it because they see that the change and, you know, they see the implications of what this technology can do to like the traditional way of life. Right. So I think like, how does this affect you now is like, if you're jealous, you missed out on like the internet boom, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're jealous that like the way things are set right now, this is your chance to get in on the ground floor, right? Like we, we are real, like actively building an industry off of this incredible technology and there's never been a better time to be in and there's never been a better time to learn. Right. Um, there's even applications out right, right now, like rabbit hole is a great one where you get paid to learn about the space, right? It's called learn to earn. You literally go in and it's just like, hey, read this article and write what you think and you'll get paid to do this. 
hey, go to this website and just sign in and you'll get paid to do that, right? And it's because they see the value of like, hey, if we can get people to actually understand, and I think that's the biggest challenge. It's one of the biggest challenges I have personally is like, if I can get people to understand the implications of this technology and where it could go and what, what the power it has to unlock certain things in your life, we will win, right? And what I mean by we is like, we as a society will win, right? right. We won't be beholden to the people holding the bags at the top of the, the food ladder, right? Mm-hmm. It's users will actually take back and own and run, you know, everyday life, right? Right. So, you know, this is the, this is the time to get in and learn and just go down those rabbit holes, right? Everyone has a different, like, you know, reason and story why they got crypto pilled, right? And maybe it's like, hey, I, I don't like inflation. I want to hedge against inflation. Great. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you dive down that rabbit hole to learn it. Or it's like, hey, I want to join a DAO that is going to try and buy the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Great. Let's get on that, right? Like, you're like, hey, I'm a history buff. I want to buy a piece of the Constitution. Cool. Wow. There's a DAO for that, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's really all cool. these new things coming. And it's just like, the opportunity cost of not learning about it or like denying it is too high. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Are, are people actually like Dow's trying to buy like sports teams and stuff? Yeah, dude. It's oh crazy. God, yeah. I mean, it's a, not so like, that's a big purchase. Yeah. That's a big purchase. Right. <laughs> so like, I mean, there's some cool ones. Like again, like I've, I didn't gas up chill pill enough, but like chill pill is going to be the first Dow to win a Grammy. They're wow. going to win a Grammy. And, and why, again, why I say that so definitively is like, that one of the core contributors is one of my friends and he happens to have many Grammys. And so he knows the process, he knows how that works, he knows the people to get there, right? And so you be a part of that DAO, you get rewarded as a user, we could win Grammys, right? Wow. Or yeah. like, you know, you see like, you know, buying the Bulls, right? Like, oh, you wanna be an owner like the, like, um, the Green Bay Packers, right? You buy the stock and you're yeah. technically an owner. Yeah. Like, oh, you wanna be an owner, owner of a sports team? Get involved. You get to be an owner, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Like a regular regular person could just say, "Yeah, I own part of the Chicago Bulls." Yeah, or, or yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. No, and it's it's cool. It's like there's even there's a league that I'm involved in that is called Miami Tech Runs. Okay. That uh, I'll shout them out. They are rebuilding like basically the NBA, and so yeah. they and they're doing it in a cool way. It's like a pro am type of style. They've got all these like tech guys that will come play pickup basketball. But to be able to play or watch, you have to own their token. And so it's a big club, but like yeah. this club that you're in, like you're in group chats with like some of the biggest names in tech. And ever. how ex- how expensive is the buy-in? I mean, that one's like two hundred bucks. Yeah. Right? Oh, what? Yeah. And there's I mean, wow. they they vary, right? Like you guys know the the apes, right? Like the yeah. board ape yacht club. I mean they're all like, apes to me. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Aren't they all? Like right. <laughs> Yeah, but like the apes, right? Like that that like community to join is like, you know. Twenty thousand plus dollars, right? So like some of them are a little bit harder to join than others, and some of them you need like a little bit more like credibility or need to know someone here or there. But like a lot of them have low barriers to entry. So throughout our conversation, to me, there's almost an internal—I don't want to call it struggle. We'll call it like a conversation within the space. Accessibility for everyone versus exclusivity for these like tokens and events, like so. Some of these, it's like you need to buy the token to get in. Right. And that's where the vows come in the utility. Right. Like the whole space is about accessibility and community. Right. right. So that, how does that discussion work yeah. and where do, you, where do you see that going? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, honestly, too, like you'll see people like get, get ahead of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll like, they'll experience, hey, like, you know, I had to buy this token to get in. Like, sorry, bro, like you can't hate from the outside. You got to buy it to get in, right? Like that stuff happens and it's hard and it's hard. Like, you know, we're all humans to like separate out like, hey, no, like this is supposed to be a big welcoming space. And that stuff happens all the time. It happens on Twitter. People get canceled and all that stuff all the time because they get ahead of their bridges, right? 
But I feel like where the bridge is there is like these like learn to earn and these like free opportunities. Basically, it's like again, like let's let's take a something that just happened. There's this company called ENS Domains. Uh, your ENS, they have a product called ENS domains where like, if you guys have seen on Twitter, like someone like Patrick.eth, right? Like, I don't know if you guys have seen any of those like domain type of things on Twitter, but that company, if you were just a user of their company, they airdropped you their token and their token again in the future will be like required for certain things, mm-hmm. but they were rewarding you whether you had money or not just for being an early user. So right. it, was, it was breaking down that barrier of like, oh, hey, like to get into our thing, you need our token. And like, sorry, our token costs a lot of money. It's like, okay, in some sense, you're getting reward. You're rewarding the early supporters and adopters yep. that, you know, may not have money or whatever, right? But like, they're going to get your token now for free. And like, for example, like ENS, for just holding their domain, you got airdropped like 3000 plus dollars, right? Like US wow. real dollars that you could liquidate in a second, right? And it's just, again, it's, it's rewarding early adopters and users to these platforms, right? And that bridge is through things like that. It's through these airdrops. It's through like, you know, like for example, the apes, like they released a new collection called Mutant Ape where the price to entry is much lower than, than the traditional one, right? Hmm. Or like a lot of these discords will have like free channels and free rooms where you right. can go in and experience the community. And then if it's time or if the time's right, you can do it. A lot of these DAOs, like a very popular DAO is called Friends with Benefits. And Friends with Benefits started out being like, you know, like a hundred bucks to join. But as the name implies, you know, a lot, of, a lot of cool friends got in, right? And it started being of good value to hold this token so you could be in this like group chat with all these like cool freaking, you know, high up celebrity people, right? Right. But because of that, the price to entry got super high. Mm. So what they did is they realized that, Ben, what you were kind of just saying, the struggle here and they offered like a grant program right? yeah. like if you just yeah. you come in and say why do you want to be a part of this community you tell us why like if it's really something you want to do we'll help you get there right and so it's it is keeping that in mind though it's like hey we can be exclusive to a certain level to offer value to the supporters but yeah. at the end of the day we need to help people adopt the space and get in got right? it gotcha that was great so another question that i have is you know for the everyday person that's watching this or listening um and you said that Twitter is a great place to learn. Who are people that you can follow? Like some trustworthy people that relay good information on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> what would be like your top three, top five, something like that? Hmm. Okay. This is uh, putting me on the spot a little bit. But I'd say like for DAOs and for the space in general, uh, Koopa Troopa, he's got you know hundreds of thousands of followers, but he puts out very like digestible information about the space. And, okay. Like, what it means from a macro level, what it's going to change, et cetera. Right? So... Koopa Troop is someone I'd recommend. Uh, my friend, Chase Chapperman, she's also very into like educating people on what the space is about and how to get in. Um, so hit her up, Chase, at Chase Chap, I think. Um, who else is good? Yeah, we can put the uh, the tags in the description. Yeah, of, yeah we can put the description. Um, Let's get her on the pod, man. Next episode. Yeah. Yeah, we'll call her in. Call her in. Mean, she's, got her, she's, she's got one of the most popular uh, podcasts in crypto right now. No way. Yeah. What's it called? It's like through the looking glass or something like that. It's like, it's all about, good name. I'll show you guys it. It's all about educating people on the environment and like how to bring people in. Like, how can we like, mm. again, like I said, the, the biggest challenge in the space is like, how can we, how can we bring more people in, in like mm-hmm. the most simple way, right? Like without 
we we have the opportunity to not not be like oh you guys can't get in right like we have the opportunity to help people get in so it's how do we how do we educate and how do we get those points across right right um so she's good but yeah there's a few i can i can uh shoot over and you guys can tag them yeah Um, for sure but yeah no twitter is definitely the best resource and just getting get involved just learning following certain people and just like you know kind of seeing what happens gotcha this has been great learned so much i have questions that might need a little more structuring uh, before i ask them right but the last that i have is is looking at like the industries a lot of our friends are in right it right. could be business finance consulting marketing anything um how's that space going to change you know if we're talking in terms of the corporate world and, and the servicing components of that you, do you see any interchange there and, and what it's going to look like yeah, are you asking more so like what specific industry do I think is going to change a lot, or like just in general, like people going to? Yeah, like, like in in my mind, I think like uh, the payments industry is gonna is obviously gonna be affected by this. Right, that right. comes to mind. The what industry? The payments industry. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, what else? Right. Like what? What about like the core? Do, yeah. Business do you, functions. Do you think it's Do you think it's gonna grow to where you know the firms that we work at are are gonna adopt a crypto? You know crypto uh arm of their of they, their business I mean, they need to i yeah. I, I think they probably already are yeah probably. yeah, I think yeah the opportunity cost too. is too high not to and like i was lucky in la i was working with uh, the head of blockchain at shopify and wow. it was just it was again an internal thing where like they were having conversations at the c-suite level i was like hey what we are gonna we're gonna fall behind if we don't have a crypto arm so right i think they must but to answer your question, Ben, um, yeah, I think so. I think one of the biggest ones, in my opinion, is identity and, like, credibility. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, think about it. It's, like, identity and credibility is it's hard right now, right? Like, it's not hard. Like, we're all used to it, right? But, yep. uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of, like, just kind of take my word for this type of deal, right? On a blockchain, you can track and trace right. every single thing, right? Yep. I could see every single thing that you've done from transaction point of view, from you know, like credibility point of view, like, you know, eventually it's going to get to the point where like your college degree is like, you know, Mm. minted on the blockchain. Not that you're like always viewing your college degree on like the blockchain, but like it's moment in time that like, Hey, this is on the blockchain. I can see like what NFTs you own. So I can see like what you're into, like your culture, like that sort of stuff. Right. Like ownership stakes of songs, communities you're a part of. Right. Like I could see who Patrick Morasco is without needing to meet you, right? Like I could see these clubs that you're in. I could see right. where you're putting your time and your money, what you've been learning recently, like everything. Right. everything it it, it sounds like fraud is something that hopefully could be eliminated one day. I mean, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, it's almost crazy too. It's like, yeah. think of an environment, and this is the wild part that like, I saw trouble wrapping my mind around, is like, think of an environment where like, everyone is going to know what, how much money everyone has. Like, is that good or bad? It's it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Yeah, but. <laughs> well, yeah I mean, so I was just about to ask, the privacy. Like, yeah. everyone's now like, oh, Facebook, you know, they're mm-hmm. all in our data. Like, F that, we we want more privacy. But this is obviously, does not lead to more yeah, privacy. Yeah, I mean, the blockchain is transparency. Yeah. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's why I always laugh is like, people always talk about like money laundering and stuff like that. It's like, dude, everything's traceable. Like, the problem money launderers yeah. have on the blockchain is they get the money and they can't get it out because... Everyone knows who it is. Everyone can follow the wall address. And the second they take it out, they can look at that transaction hash and see where that money went. Right. Right. So because it's so transparent, there is privacy. I don't want to say the word problems, but there's going to be privacy plays that have to have to happen. Right. right. It's yep. like, you know, the stuff with like, you could find my wallet right now and see how much money I have in crypto. Right. And that's just the way life works. 
in, right. in the space right now. Everything is traced, right? Well, well so, at least identity theft's going away, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, seriously. So, I mean, it very well no could. No credit like, cards being yeah. hacked anymore. Yeah, and there's plays right now where, like, you could have, like, for example, you could have multiple wallets, and you could keep yeah. everything kind of spread out and hope that two of the wallets aren't found. Or, you know, you could always send it to a contract, and a contract won't trace it back, right, of, like, hey, I'm going to put my money here. Yep. If I if I sell it from a contract, there's going to be, like, this weird gray area where no one can trace it, right? So, like, yeah. there is, like, plays that you could do, but, like, that space is definitely going to change. And, like, I think for the, for the positive, the identity space is going to change. Like, credibility is going to change. But I think in, the, like, I don't want to say the negative, but, like, the stuff to be worked on is going to have to be the privacy stuff. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting stuff. All right, well, Alex, great having you on. This has been such an exciting kickoff to our segment of, of Everyday Experts, getting people in that are knowledgeable in a space that we want to be there, right? Yeah. So thanks for being on. It seems like we have some great takeaways. Web3 is an exciting collaborative space. You know, in the end, the users are taking back utility and that's where, where the value is coming in crypto. And the last is like, it's accessible and it's exclusive, but at the same time, like people in the space want more and more people to join. So they're giving you the resources to do that. Right. And hopefully we have more conversations on this and we can't, you know, wait to have you on later and then see where things are going. But thanks for tuning in and catch us on our next episode. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I really appreciate it.